Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, author Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the award-winning novel Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series. Joined with me today, as always, are my Vox Vomitus fixins, author Trisha Ridinger-McKee of the Beyond series, and author Allison Martine of the Bourbon Books. Special congratulations to Allison this week. She had a book birthday on Wednesday with the third book in her Bourbon Book series, Move On Melinda. That one's about tequila. I'm drinking bourbon still. Okay. <laughs> to be on brand. <laughs> <laughs> We are here today with two incredible authors, Tim Meyer and Chad Lutz. Am I saying your name right? Lutzky. 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 The one question I didn't ask you in the pre-show is like, (laughs) how do you say your last name? I'd ask you about like your hair conditioner and all that stuff. Uh, So welcome, fellas. Uh, These two great authors worked together on the fantastic young, uh, like the coming of age horror novel, Wormwood, which I am fresh from reading, loved it. Uh, so thank you guys for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Let's start with whoever goes first. I don't know which one I'm pointing at. <laughs> Tim. I'll go first. Uh, my name is Tim Meyer. I write mostly horror, um, some thrillers and science fiction novels. Uh, I have over 15 published works right now. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I co-wrote Wormwood with, uh, with my buddy Chad here. Yeah. Um, thanks for having us and thanks for reading the book. I'm Chad and I, I hate talking about myself. I wrote, I wrote some books and they're published and, uh, I wrote, yeah, we wrote Wormwood together. So. (laughs) All right. Um, so I'm going to start with how did this come about? like you two deciding to write together because I asked you before, you don't know each other and you've not met in real life. Were you pen pals? Were you just <laughs> in enough horror groups together? What, what Did you meet on Tinder? <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where you we're in the same circles, you know? So it's, it's kind of uh, a lot of these people, it's inevitable that you eventually kind of, mingle and and you know it's probably starts with just liking things or, or commenting on things and you know on social media and stuff uh i don't i don't recall like any kind of like catalyst for like you know tim and i making out in the corner or anything i know i was gonna say you didn't like officially decide to be book husbands <laughs> no. <laughs> no i was waiting to hear if there was like a matchmaker involved because i know sometimes there's a third party who says you two would be wonderful together was was there a Yenta back there? They should do that though with collaborations. There should be like a collaboration matchmaker, like a website or something. There should be a website. Yeah, I like that idea. I like that too. Somebody steal had, that. Yeah, somebody. Does <laughs> anybody here cool. have spare time to create <laughs> yeah. that? Somebody make that happen. Yeah, <laughs> pronto. <laughs> um, yeah, we just Tim heard me on a podcast uh, talking about my childhood and some of the rotten things I did. And he had an idea for a story, um, told me like weeks later, I think, hey, I'm going to write this story uh, based on this idea that I got when I was listening to on it was, This Is Horror. And I was like, cool, I can't wait to see it. And then, I don't know, maybe a month or two went by or something. And, and he's like, hey, do you want to just write this thing with me? And um, I said, 
yeah, maybe. And and so we started uh, brainstorming ideas, and it developed into something completely different. And um, then we just yeah started writing it together. Did you have fights over who is the Stephen King and who's the Peter Straub? <laughs> we fought no. all the time. We're still, <laughs> we're we're still, still fighting. No, still kidding. fighting now. <laughs> yes, this is awkward because they actually aren't speaking to each other. We have to facilitate yeah. this like mediation. <laughs> actually, I actually can't hear a word he's saying right now. <laughs> you just took that. He's muted on my Got each other blocked. Oh, interesting. Because of all the, like, the weird Facebook liking and stalking that it yeah. got to be. Too much. Too much. Too much. Had to create some barriers. Put some distance between us. Or else then you would always just be linked together. Yeah. Like, no, well, like if you marry a criminal or something, that's, that that's linked this way, Jen. Like the <laughs> well, it sounds like some of this started from experiences Chad had. I don't want to know if this is semi-autobiographical because then I really won't sleep at night because uh, it was pretty terrifying. I mean, it's definitely horror and Jen says it's a romance and there's romance in there too because you get the feels, but mostly the feels are, are terror. Um, so, but you said that it changed. So I'm curious where it started and how it ended up on Wormwood, on Wormwood Circle. That is hard to say. Damn it, Wormwood Circle. Okay, done. Yeah, I, I think the original idea that I'd come up with um, was similar, but yeah, it had supernatural cosmic horror elements to it, which is what I generally like to write. Um, a lot of my stuff is supernatural. Uh, and Chad's stuff isn't really, at least his, uh, his novel length stuff is usually pretty straightforward. Um, so when I brought him the idea, it was all supernatural and he was like, Hey, what if we, we take out all the supernatural stuff? <laughs> what if we don't? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, what I if just, we start from scratch and have it be my idea? Essentially. Yeah. Yes. But, um, no. Is that what started the feud right there? Yeah, no. <laughs> There was no feud. I was no, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so basically, he um, he just said, you know, why don't we we scratch that and and kind of keep the central core idea of the kids going to this house on Wormwood Circle and just kind of hanging out in it and getting into some trouble. Um, so that was really like the background of the uh, the story. And then um, we just kind of talked. We talked about it for like a month or two, just kind of kicking ideas back and forth. And then um, when it got time to to write it, um, we just we decided to kind of do it differently than most collaborations. Um, I know I've collaborated with people before, and Chad has too. And um, we were kind of used to the idea of just bouncing chapters back and forth. But if you've read Chad's solo stuff and my solo stuff, our styles are completely different, and our voices are completely different. So um, we didn't want that to like hinder the reading experience because that, yeah, that would be jarring if it's really different yeah. and then yeah. two books just shoved together probably wouldn't work probably not 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 the way not this, this book way. was yeah not the way this book was kind of planned out so um uh, we basically kind of came up with the whole story together and then um i wrote three tra chapters and then i would hand it back to chad and he would go through it and and put his spin on it and then uh i would get those three chapters back and then continue. And then we've got to just do that. So that the voice kind of matched up. So that's great. Yeah. I was wondering when, when the, I read like, you know, the first few pages and you kind of get the idea of Baker and Seb and it's these two boys. 
I was wondering if it was going to be bouncing back and forth chapters and one of you was the baker and one of you was the sub. So um, yeah. I, I loved how it seemed like seamless to me. It didn't seem like two voices at all. And uh, yeah. I would have guessed it was two people if, if I didn't know that you'd co-written it because it is flawless. Yeah, and that was the intent the whole time because we were really worried about that. Because like I said, I mean, our styles, our voices are completely different. So it would have been <laughs> it would have been very noticeable if we had if we had done that. Yeah, for sure. Trisha, do you have any questions for Chad and Tim? Yeah, well, what were some of the obstacles um, of collaborating? Because if you have such different voices, um, how did you? Um, come to compromise and you know get through those obstacles um the the only obstacles i can think of would be one what tim was talking about where we needed to figure something out to where it was going to read seamlessly and the only other thing i can think of is that we were on the same page with the whole no supernatural stuff because a couple times tim tried to throw it back in there (gasps) And I pull it back out. Oh, she's a succubus. Sometimes that was literal. (laughs) I know. When I got to the succubus line, I went, oh, are we about to take a turn here? No turn. No no turn. No, but um, Tim is really, really laid back. And uh, I am kind of a a control freak. And so um, we meshed really well in that. Like, he was more like, you know, yeah, I don't care. And so at, at first I was wondering if it wasn't going to work because I didn't know Tim that well. And I thought, well, uh, I kind of look like a jerk, you know, making these changes and, and, you know, pulling stuff out or, or, you know, arguing my points so many times on stuff. And, um, but Tim was just super cool about it. And so if there were two of me, um, uh, then there would just, it would end bloody. Uh, and if there were two of Tim, then, I, I don't know what would happen, but nothing would have gotten written. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. So how was the drafting process? Like, so you, you went back and forth during your first draft, which um, the reason why our show is called Vox Vomitus, it's fake Latin for word vomit. So we like to talk about all of our mistakes mm-hmm. and the drafting process and all of the, the, the word vomit you have to kind of cut out. Was it weirder because there was two authors like, did you always intend for it to be a short novel, novella, or did it just kind of get cut down to that? Or is it ever in risk of being like Stephen King's It, a thousand pages of hormones and monsters? <laughs> if, if Tim was writing it by himself, yes. Yeah, that probably. Is, that is what would have happened. But no, I think from the get-go, we kind of, I mean, with anything that you're writing, you don't know. I mean, normally you might know this is going to be a short story or this is going to be a novel. But um, you normally don't know you know it's just like hey whenever it's done it's done and then as you start to get closer to the end then you probably get an idea but i think that um from the get-go i think we had the idea that it would probably be a short novel you know right around where it's sitting maybe i think at one point actually i think we were even thinking it would be more like sixty thousand words which it didn't get anywhere near yeah we did end up cutting a lot out like some as we progressed um there's like a whole other plot that kind of just got completely chopped out of there. So I think that's where it got cut down to about 45,000 words. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it probably would have been like a 60,000 uh, word 
novel. I'm intrigued um, about what this other plot yeah, was. Like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah. all right, you said the magic words. We cut a whole other plot out. I mean, you're planning so, a sequel. I don't really want to. I, I, can we spoil things, though? Are we allowed to? Are yes. you? I mean, you're Is the author. Yeah, so Trisha's not done, but. Trisha loves spoilers. It's up to her. I, I love spoilers. It won't stop me from reading. Right. I tell Trisha the plots of every single book I am <laughs> writing, and I tell her my twists, and then she still reads them. I'm like, uh, and then the I'm secret is this, and she's like, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like that way too. But a lot of people don't like like spoiler stuff, so I'll so try to I'll try to say it, uh, non, it? Yeah, yeah, non-spoiler spoilery way. Um, so they're at the. Towards the end of the novel, um, takes place on Wormwood Circle, and there is kind of like a um, home invasion type thing happening. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> that home invasion was supposed to kind of spread throughout the entire circle and like go like house to house, kind of. Um, Gruesome. And, yeah, and so like we just decided it was kind of really early on. We kind of decided it was it was too much, but. We had written it, it was so weird the way we wrote it, because I think we ended up writing that, parts of that first, like, and then we backtracked to the beginning, which drove me kind of crazy, because I write very linearly, um, like, I have to go from chapter one to chapter 50, I can't do chapter 48 and then go back to chapter I seven, I like, it, it, it's crazy, but Chad apparently can because he had no problems with it. <laughs> so, like, I was getting anxiety looking at this, uh, <laughs> this word shared word document with like just bits over here, bits over there drove me crazy. But, um, no, it Does was that good. And then because, so this isn't a spoiler, all of the chapters or the subheadings have a backtrack of days. Yes. Mm. Is that how you then factored that in? Is that, did that lead to that? Because it's rare that you have this kind of countdown feeling to the progression of the ultimate event. Yeah. Yeah. So originally I think, I think we just had that in there just to kind of keep everything together in our minds. And then uh, as we were reading it, doing edits and stuff, we're like, this kind of works as like a tension builder. It like, really was great. Because it like, yeah, it's like you're counting down to something and just the way the novel progresses, like, you know, something terrible is going to happen. And if like you start counting down to the event, um, it just it kind of just amps up the tension a little bit, so we decided just to keep it in there, and that's kind of how that came about. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Allison, because I was going to bring that up as well. I thought that really helped the pacing, and it it gave me this inc great sense of foreboding. <laughs> that because it's I loved these characters, I loved uh, Baker and Seb so much, and. It, just knowing because of the countdown that something cataclysmic would eventually befall them uh, was both heartbreaking and uh, exciting for me because I like horror and all things dark and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would say I, my my background is not horror. The, the horror I read is what Jen makes me read. <laughs> that, I generally steer clear of that. I mean, I, I some king and straw, but it's not usually my wheelhouse. And I think if anything, there were so many, I don't want to say red herrings, but there were clues left along the way that made me feel like we were going to go even darker, even more uh, horrible than, than it ended up being. So I was actually relieved when we were done that certain things that I was scared were going to happen didn't come to pass. So I don't know if that was supposed to be kind of a, a out or just, it, it 
could have even been worse, if that makes any sense, if that was intentional, if that was just my hyperactive imagination freaking out at reading this book and going, oh God. Are you talking about the pigs? The pigs and there were, there is a pregnancy theme in there. And I'm just like, Jen, can I keep it? And she's like, it's fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know. I sold but it you know, to Allison by saying, it's a coming of age story. And I'm it's like, like it's <laughs> but yes it's lord of the flies but in a house yeah yes that is a great thing yes you guys can quote her on that that's perfect <laughs> i'm gonna use it I, I get blurbs, but that's probably not one of my better blurbs. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It works. Jen mentioned loving Bake and Seb. I I loved Bake, but I never latched onto Seb. But my heart just broke for Cass, and reading her story just was so hard. So it was interesting that you're talking about. Oh, would we have maybe two two points of view from Bake and Seb? I wanted to get her perspective. I wanted. I mean, like we only ever got to see her perspective in these little throwaway lines that she's giving and talking about herself, but watching her flip between being daddy's girl and the manipulative woman and just this broken shell of a person that was, I don't know how close that was to Chad's original idea or if she was one of the later brought in characters. I, I think Chad kind of came up with the idea of, of doing it that way. Like his original idea from what, <laughs> From what my original idea was, it was definitely uh, Chad's kind of creation, um, and then I kind of just like ran with it and and wrote some of the some of the things that happened with the, like the tree scene. Yeah, was, I got to write that one. That was that was fun. Um, <laughs> not for the fictional character, but not for the fictional no. character. But it was, it, it was interesting to write for sure. But um, well, and again, the book yeah. has those illustrations of. Yeah the tree yeah. scene at the beginning of every chapter. So I just went into it going, when is this happening? Like, <laughs> uh, when is the tree going to happen? When is the tree going <laughs> to happen? And then I had anxiety. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. Um, but yeah, it's funny you, you bring that up about Cass because I feel like people are kind of split between her because a lot of a lot of the feedback we've gotten was like oh i hate Cass. like i hate her what she did and and then there's some people who are like oh i i feel sorry for her and i have like empathy towards her so it's it's kind of cool and that was kind of like our intention we kind of wanted to make a character that that wasn't like you could view it a few different ways just depending on kind of like your own life experiences and and just how you kind of perceive her actions and because she doesn't really have much of a backstory. We didn't give her much of a backstory. So it's kind of, there's a lot of hints in there, but you're kind of just left to make up your own opinion about her. And I, that's one of the, my favorite things about this book is, is her character and, and just the split between how people view her. Yeah, See, we that, wanted that, to put just, yeah. just enough in there to where she could be perceived as a victim as well. Yeah, I loved that. I yes. loved that we only got really Baker's opinion of her, and you could see the way Seb treated her and Seb reacted to her. Um, I loved that. I I went to school for theater, and one of our main things that we did for four years in our in our schooling was character development. And in plays, most of your character development, your initial character development is what do other characters say about a character. 
how do they react to it and start there. So I loved that we didn't really get inside her head. I loved the way, um, you know, the, just the difference between Seven Baker's uh, kind of connection to her and how they displayed it. And also the way the guidance counselor treated her. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's bravo. Laurie Schoenfeld says, oh, yes, love characters where it's left open for perspective. Yeah. Me too. Yes, absolutely. They are the most fun to read and write, I think. Yeah, I had a blast uh, writing our character. Actually, all the characters in, in this book were kind of just a blast to write. And Even though, like you said, it's pretty much all through Baker's POB. Um, like, you still get a good sense of these characters and, like, what they're about and what they need yeah. to other characters, so... And, you know, it, I think I, I love coming of age stories and I love coming of age horror a lot. Um, there's something really magical about those like 13 to 15 year old years where your, your friends or your family, you're closer to them than, you know, your actual blood family. You, you would do anything for them. And that is also another thing that you did really well. Like that ratcheted up the tension because, you know, you have this trio of people who would supposedly do anything for each other well and honestly what i was reminded of the most and i, I should have looked this up because now i'm going to remember the name of the of the movie wrong i want to say it's to die for with the young joaquin mm -hmm. phoenix yes with the, that's, that's exactly the pam smart case and it wasn't it wasn't linear it didn't have exactly the same feel but a lot of the same these two young guys who would do anything for this woman who's using them but because she's still young too. Yes, she's older than them, but the, the power imbalance isn't quite as great because none of them are adults. These are all children. These are all, you know, minors who have had adults do things to them and they're just reacting. Even something as simple as one of the themes throughout and one of the things that pulls Bake deeper into this is his mom has constantly moved him. So he's never connected with anybody. So this, this gives more weight to, okay, he's finally connecting with kids his own age. He's not going to give that up because... He's never experienced it before. So even if things look dangerous or normal kids might have those warning bells, he sees them, he goes, yes, but I've never experienced this before. And if I don't have it here, will I ever get it again? Which to me just made him more heartbreaking to see him make these choices that, you know, if he would have had a normal childhood, a non-toxic childhood, maybe he would have been able to go, you know what? I'm just going to back myself right away from this really weird situation and go back with the other friends but he doesn't have any others. So Tim, you heard Chad on a podcast talking about his messed up childhood. Yeah. What I want to know is what was Chad talking about? So Chad, do you know what, what specific thing you talked about that inspired the original story that eventually became Wormwood? Yeah. When I was on there, um, uh, Michael David Wilson does like some of the best, uh, interviews on, on I mean the, the podcast is great and he always starts out like each episode with like the same question for every guest but it has just this huge array of answers and it's really cool and at one point and he does he really does his research and stuff and at one point he said now I know you were on probation when you were 12 and I was like, wait, what? How, I, I don't know how he knew that. But. Like those records are sealed when you're 12. <laughs> I, I, the only thing I can think of is 
maybe I, I I mentioned it on another in, in in another interview or something. I really don't know. Did he interview but your I, mom or something? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, no. He so called I, your mom. I, but <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that I had a bad childhood. It was that I made really dumb decisions because of the people that I was hanging out with at the time. And uh, during one particular summer, that that summer. Um, I started smoking weed and, and getting drunk and stuff at a really early age at, at 12. And, um, so, uh, so I ended up actually stopping all of that, um, because I did it for so long and at such an early age, I, I was done by the time I was like 19, you know? Um, so, uh, but that summer we did a lot of partying, um, with this, uh, my best friend and his older brother. And we ended up breaking into a house and stealing some weed and some music and stuff. And then uh, we tried breaking into another house and we broke into a barn and we tried breaking into another house. And that's when we got caught finally. And the whole summer we spent just doing all kinds of stupid vandalism and uh, just really just idiotic things. And then when when we got caught, it kind of woke me up because I was always under the influence of something when I was doing this. Not to say that, that that was any kind of excuse, but I went from just being a normal kid to wondering why people even get addicted to alcohol or drugs in the first place to starting to understand because I felt that great escapism that it provided. And so, um, yeah, and, and I, I think I mentioned, I didn't go into a big, long, detailed history of it, but I think I mentioned just about going into the houses and stuff. And so that kind of, uh, you know, peaked Tim's interest in, in, you know, gave him the idea for something to do in uh, abandoned houses and, I I don't know, murdering people or something. (laughs) Well, I'll say, you even just telling us that now, the thing that made, like, inside my head start to fire is you said, that summer. And I think Mm -hmm. everyone growing up has had that summer or that school year that... You meet the cooler friends Mm -hmm. and, you know, I broke into a church and played hide and seek with my weird friends when I was like 14. You know, I did not get caught and I was not on probation, but I'm shocked I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to yeah. know why Chad was breaking into a barn. What what were you trying to find in a barn? Uh, at that at that time, we were just doing uh, whatever we could. You know, if it, if it crossed our mind, hey, we're not supposed to do this. Let's go Let's do it. trash this person's whole backyard while they're not home. And yeah. You know, break everything we can, or let's go into this barn that we're not supposed to be and grab some cool signs and stuff like that. It was just stupid. And if you knew me in real life, you would it would be mine boggling some of the dumb crap that i did because i'm so far from you know i mean it's been a few years but i'm, I'm so far from that person well you're what 20 it's been like now. two years yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like well uh, i graduated from high school two years ago so yeah that's ancient history oh i wish <laughs> i might be the oldest one here as a matter of fact i i don't know we we have this conversation. I, I, my three of us, we're always like, <laughs> I just had a, I just had a birthday. Uh, what day is it? Four days ago. So I don't know. Happy man. belated oh, birthday. birthday! I might be the oldest. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. We, we're like the witches from Hocus Pocus. You can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm old. And, Tim, how old are you? Thirty five. Oh, baby. Okay, I'm old enough. Yeah. To be, 
I'm old enough to be Tim's dad. <laughs> I think all of us are technically not dads, but technically, technically. Technically. No. <laughs> you have to be a certain age past 35. You're 35. Oh, wait, yeah, no. I went to school for theater. I'm like, I, I just had a birthday recently, also. Yeah. I am not old enough to be Tim's mother. Thank God. <laughs> 35. Yeah, you don't, you don't get your period at eight. That's right. <laughs> I'm still doing the math. I would have been a young dad. I would have been a young dad, but I would have been old enough. Well, and I, I did the math one time just because I'm going, am I, am I too old to find Tom Holland attractive and realized if I would have gotten pregnant my senior year, I could have been his mother. So yes, I'm too old to find Tom Holland attractive. Well, I don't think so. Just, you can yes. still find him attractive. <laughs> Way too old for that. He's the one that dressed as um, Rihanna, right? Mm -hmm. On, on the show. On, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I know him from, not from the Marvel uh, stuff. I think he yes. might be a Spider-Man. Yes, he is Spider-Man. Spider okay. I, no I know it's a, a But he's younger than 10. He's like early 20s. We're not talking late 30s. I'm not, I'm not that old. No. So do you guys have any other plans to collaborate on another project together? Or maybe, oops, putting you on the spot. We, we haven't really talked about it. <sighs> yeah. I mean, we do have one thing that we can't talk about um, yet, but we don't uh, know. Uh, can I, uh, I know. I was like. Yeah, we can't talk about it. <laughs> it, it sign language signs and just maybe write a little sign up? If we guessed it, could you guess <laughs> it? No. We won't be able to comment. No, we I can't. No, can't even play that game. That's, uh, we won't. We won't. I was gonna yeah. say, and I wouldn't even be able to be able to see your like facial expressions because I'm not wearing my glasses. I'd be like, I don't know if they're signaling me <laughs> if I got it right or not. I'm just saying, stop, Jen, stop. <laughs> so what? So what are you working on then? Are you working on stuff individually, or how does it go? For do you usually have your own project while you collaborate, or do you usually just focus on the collaboration and then do your own project after? So usually when I collaborate, I usually have something else going on. Uh, I usually am working on three or four different things at once. So um, I am working on like three or four different things. I have a, a new novel coming out in June, which is also coming of age. It's called um, Malignant Summer. It's coming out through Silver Shamrock Publishing. And you have um, the best book cover I have seen in quite some time. It's so cool. Sorry. Yeah. It's so cool. I saw it and I thought, I want that tattooed on my body. <laughs> it's a really cool cover. Yeah, they did a fantastic job with it. Um, so, and you're, It's coming out in June, you say? June, yeah. June 1st is the, uh, the release 1st, date. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. As somebody with a book coming out in June that also writes horror, I'm like, when is yours coming out? <laughs> late, June. late June. Late June. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I'm super excited about that one. It's um, It takes place in a fictionalized version of my hometown. Uh, and it's about um, basically the, the town is getting sick. A lot of people that live there are getting various forms of cancer and um, it may or may not be the local chemical plant that's causing it. Um, or it could also be a supernatural force as well. So, And Chad has already told us that everything yeah. you do has a supernatural thing. And it's uh, it's a big book. It's like four and a half wormwoods. So, See, that's the kind of math I understand. 
Thank you. <laughs> Four and a half wormwoods. I got. That's hilarious. I like, oh yeah. That is I don't even know if that math checks out, but <laughs> it sounds it's good. That. So it's that. What is it? What is that? In, Tim, what is that in word count? About just uh, shy of two hundred k. That is a big book. I love that. Hey. <laughs> Trisha's the queen of big books. She's like, oh, I wrote this story. It's 300,000 words. And we're like, you wrote four books. That's awesome. Cut that. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm really happy that Silver Shamrock decided to, to pick it up because a lot of small press presses aren't doing, you know, big books. You know, usually 100K is, like, tops, you know. Right. So I'm, uh, I'm super excited for it. It's definitely one of the best things I've written, so... And it's super personal, too, because that actually kind of did happen in my hometown in Toms River, New Jersey, where um, a local chemical plant was poisoning the town water supply and uh, a lot of people got sick. So uh, uh, depressing segue over to Chad. Chad, <laughs> you got to follow up the entire town died of cancer. Not the whole town. <laughs> I have you a, tell us what you're working on. I have a coming of age book coming out uh, next month. Uh, it's more of kind of like a thriller, and uh, that's called Slow Burn on Riverside. It's kind of a prequel to uh, a book I wrote called The Same Deep Water as You, and but it's also a standalone. But if you've read The Same Deep Water as You, you'll recognize the characters and stuff, and uh, maybe you'll appreciate it a little bit more, the fact that it's a prequel. And then um, I'm writing like two two or three other things, including um, another book with John Bowden called um, uh, Trailer Park Coven. And then, um, yeah, just uh, short stories that are due. Um, you know, just like Tim, I, my plate is so full. You know, writing, <clears throat> excuse me, a ton of stuff. So I'm impressed so that both of you can, oh, I think we're probably going to say the same thing. Yeah, just uh, you guys both have multiple irons in the fire at any one time. I know some people are like, Always. focus on one thing, and then when that draft is done, I can do something else and switch between projects that way, but not same Allison's day. Allison's talking to me. Well, <laughs> Allison's talking to Allison because I'm the same way where I tell myself, okay, I've got to get to this point, and then when it's finished and out of my hands, whether it's an R&R &R or it's off to beta or something, then I can move on and do the next step in something else. But I know we've talked to writers who in the morning I'm doing this and in the afternoon I'm doing this completely different thing. My head cannot transition that fast. I'd get like brain whiplash just would not function, but it sounds like that's your wheelhouse for both of you, which might help the fact that you could work together because your brains both function that way. Yeah. I, I hate it. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I could just do one thing, but then a, an idea will pop up and I will be like, well, I'm going to focus on just this thing. And then it, I like recently an idea popped up and I, I had it all fleshed out in my head. And I thought this is going to be probably the coolest thing I've ever written. <laughs> and then I, I wrote some of it and then I had to get back to, you know, and I keep going back to it. Um, but yeah, I, it stresses me out. I, I don't really like out? doing it like that. Um, uh, it just it just does. I mean, I want to focus on one thing and have my head in, in one thing and then just be done with that and then move on to the next thing. But, um, I, I don't know. It's kind of like, a um, it's gives me the, kind of like that OCD feeling where things are out of place and I want to get this done first and, and finish, put it aside. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be organized, you know, instead of having all of the, Oh, how far am I in this? Oh, and this is third person. This is first person that, that stuff doesn't really, you know, bother me. Like we're, you know, working different tenses and stuff. 
Um, I don't ever really get lost, but I do have different voices um, that are a little bit different. Like the, the slow burn on Riverside is super, super lean. And I'm trying to make it consistent with the, you know, the um, same deep water as you. So I have to be in a certain head, headspace. And then another one is not as lean. And the language is just, uh, it's just different and it's more descriptive. So that part, um, you know, can, can kind of bother me. Just, yeah. just the voice, not, okay. you know, not the tense or not the, the POV. No, and I, and I get that because I'm kind of the opposite as far as wishing I could switch between things because when I'm engrossed in one thing, especially if I'm not getting progress, I wish I could just say, all right, I'll set it aside for now and dabble at something else. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I have to finish what I'm doing. And so especially if something takes yeah. long and I want it to, then I'm going, okay, well, I can't I do this next thing and I, I want to. And, uh, but I hear what you're saying as far as the different voices, because Jen introduces me as, as the romance writer. And that's what I have out now. But I also am a literary science fiction writer. And those voices are totally different. Yeah. And it's a very different style. And when I had to go back and do an R&R on my literary science fiction, I just come out of the bourbon books. And then I have to get back into that literary world. And it's yeah. very different. And then I couldn't go back to bourbon until that was finished. So I was in that until it was like, okay, it's off to an editor. Now I can turn my brain into something, something new. But until that, I was just a waste. I'm just sitting there going, nothing. This is why I'm glad all my books are creepy. <laughs> but you have you have different styles too. You're not I just one one style. I do, I do, and I know. And yeah. you've both my my beautiful fox womanist vixens have heard me complain about my new book that I love so much, uh, but I've complained about it a lot because I'm like, ah, oh, it's just so different than what I have been writing. And they're like, that's good. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, but I really, it would be much easier if it was just what I, I've just written. You know, the book that did really well. Can I just rewrite that one? They're like, no, no, you have to but rewrite. Even if you're, if you're switching between writing something, I mean, you, you said Malignant Summer is what this big is bigger than my head. Big, yeah. <laughs> These books, the, the feel to that is got to feel very different than when you're writing Wormwood. So even that is a huge change, even if they're both technically within the same larger genre, probably not the same subgenre if you kept all the supernatural out of Wormwood. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, there's with Malignant Summer, there's just so many uh, POVs. Um, so there's, I think there's like 25 different <gasps> character POVs. Okay. Yeah, that's throughout the novel. So it's like, it's super... What? Yes! It's like, yeah, whereas Wormwood was just essentially one POV, and I think we switched POVs, like, maybe one other time. Yeah, there was, like, yeah, there was, I think, I think there were one there that I know times, of, but maybe two. There were times when we were getting Gerald's point of view. Yeah, there was, a, I yeah. think, a Gerald and an Alyssa, and maybe another Alyssa? I don't know. There was but, Joe, uh, too, but it was primarily Bake, but there were times with yeah. Joe near the end. So, yeah, that's totally different when you're when you're hopping in, in different heads and, and doing all, all that good stuff. But, yeah, um, I mean, as far as, like, working on multiple projects at once, um, I like to do it in drafts. So, like, I will do a draft on one thing, and then I'll set it aside and let it sit for, like, two months, and then I'll work on the first draft of something else, and then I'll return back. So, like, I'm nice. pretty much working on one thing at a time, but... At different stages. stages. Yeah. And if I'm doing a collab 
novel, which I am currently, I'll, um, I'll work on that for like a week and then I'll go work on my solo thing for a week while the other author has it. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's kind of separate that way too. I do like to focus on one thing though. I'm like Chad in that regard where I would just like not to bounce around between different projects because it's crazy. Well, this has been awesome talking to both of you. Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you. Uh, your, Thanks. Everybody who's been watching this live and who are watching it on the replay, you see their website scrolling underneath us. Please buy their work. Read Wormwood. You won't be disappointed. I didn't even get to talk to you about um, how awesome it is that Sadie wrote the foreword. Mm-hmm. for yeah. Wormwood. I just freaking love that because I love her. Um, so thank you. I hope you guys both come back again separately or together if something happens that is uh, that you can't talk about now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Please come back. Um, I want to thank Allison and Trisha, as always, for just being awesome. I want to thank Roman Seraton our executive, our producer, Pam Stack, our executive producer. I want to thank everybody at the Global Authors on the Air Network, which this is a copywritten podcast. Next week on Vox Vomitus, we have Andrew Niederman, author of The Devil's Advocate. We really do. We really do this time. Um, and the ghostwriter for VC Andrews. We had him once before and there was a scheduling mishap, but we have him next week. So please stay tuned for that. Um, everyone else, I will be hosting Writer Showcase tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I'll be interviewing Lise O'Halloran-Schwarz. So please tune in for that. There's a comment that I can't read. Elisa Von Schulman says, thank you, Chad and Tim. You were so much fun and interesting to listen to. Your collaboration was fascinating, and I wish I were able to do that. And lovely to see you, as always, Vixens. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We will see you next week. Thank you again, Tim and Chad.